sauce on your steak with a cheese in your cake. We put the spring in Springfield with a lace on the nightgown. The point after touchdown. Yes, yes we, we put the spring in Springfield. We're that little extra spice that makes existence extra nice. A giddy little thrill at a reasonable price. Our only major quarrels with your total lack of morals. Our skimpy costumes ain't so bad. They, they seem, seem to, to entertain your dad. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review Bart After Dark. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How you going, man? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, Dando. How are you? Not too bad. I can't see you. Are you in the room? Where, where are you? Uh, toilet. Toilet? <laughs> oh, of course. I knew I could, I could hear you. I just couldn't see you. How is the toilet going this week? As good as last time? It's the, uh, but the best room for recording in the house. Uh, recording and reading, that's the only two things that I do in a toilet. No, I am in my lounge room. At, uh, well, I'm, I've sort of been shunted into one of the smaller rooms of the house because Atch is watching The Bachelor, and as is her want. And I am... Well, you're kind of in quarantine with a head cold. Yeah, I thought A... Oh, we were supposed to record last night, and I was just way too sick. I thought, it's just going to be me coughing and spluttering the whole show. And now I think tonight, it's probably a good thing that you're not here again because... You would be catching this, and you would not be appreciating it. It's mm. having a newborn child combined with an illness is the worst combination. I'm telling you. I could imagine. Did the newborn child provide the illness, or are the two separate things? I, well, I can't say. Well, he hasn't been sick. Touch wood. I'm, thank okay. Christ, because if he had been sick, it would have been the worst. It's been weird though, because you know when you're a new dad, you, you want to try and help out the mother, like help out Nicola as much as possible. But because I'm sick. I'm trying my best not to make him sick, which means I don't really want to hold him as much, but which means that I'm not able to help Nicola as much, which means it's just World War Three at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you need uh, to set up like a bubble boy type scenario in the house, but have some of the Homer Simpson gloves that you can reach through and still yes. do some dishes. But just basically <laughs> what you need though is, no, it's like a you need a portable sneeze bar that you kind of get over a sneeze guard at a um, salad bar, sorry, that you make this box out of Perspex, you carry it around the house with you, and you have hands that you can reach through. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. And even last yeah. night, for the first time in our marriage, I got, I got banished from the bedroom. Oh, dear. Yes, because I kept I kept doing the... I was trying not to cough, but I kept doing the... <coughs> like You know when you try not to cough, you're trying to keep it in, but it's still... Mm-hmm. It's, it's just an enclosed cough, I guess you could say. And every time I would do you it, it would wake up earlier. You didn't... Sh- you didn't chart, did you? You didn't like hold, hold it in up one end and force it out the other because that'd be that is Spanish worthy. <laughs> it certainly is. That wasn't the reason. I just kept waking Elliot up. Nicola's like, "You have to sleep on the couch." I was like, "Yeah, I know, I know." But anyway, that's been my last forty-eight hours. <laughs> so, basic consensus: have a child, ruin a marriage. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> that's what happens. Yes, you go. You have fun, and then you have a child, and then fun no longer. I'm lying, yeah, of course. Okay. It's great fun. It's great fun having a child. It's amazing. <laughs> I think I post. I just posted a photo in the um in the Facebook exclusive Patreon group, and it's literally it's truthful. I said it's my favorite photo I've ever seen because it was taken this morning, and you can see the look on my face and just how exhausted I am, and it really perfectly encapsulates just the exhaustion of being a new a new dad. But then you look at Elliot, and he's just chilling. He's happy. And I'm like, 
it's all worth it. <laughs> yes, I saw that same photo and saw uh, how content and happy you were in the world, and then I made the same face that you had. <laughs> That's because I'm an asshole. <laughs> Alrighty, so Bart After Dark. Uh, this was a really fun episode. I think I enjoyed this one more than I ever have going back and doing the review. I think that's what it is about doing these sort of classic episodes is I've watched them so many times now that when they're on television, I sort of, I don't really tune in, I guess, because I've heard them so many times. I, my brain just sort of goes into zombie mode. It knows what's coming next. But when mm-hmm. we're doing these reviews, I'm really paying attention. And there was a few lines in here that I guess I've heard them before, but I just completely forgotten about them. I just, it's like I've seen the episode for the first time again. I thought it was really fun. I did as well, and I, I guess I picked up on the innuendo a lot more than I ever did when I was a kid, which was mm. a lot of fun as well. Like it was, this was, it felt like a really good example of if adults were trying to make dirty jokes with a kid in a room how they could get the point across to everyone so all the adults laugh but not say anything that the kid is going to be confronted by. Um, so, the things... like and I mean that from a writer's perspective, not so much what the characters are saying, but, like, the thing of Homer talking to Bart and then being distracted by the girls off on the left mm-hmm. um, and just dragging out his words and, oh, yeah, yeah, um, drugs. you got to have drugs. Like, that sort of <laughs> stuff was really, really funny. And uh, I don't think I'd ever properly appreciated that in the past. No, definitely not. I think the episode, too, for me, it adds, like, a real a sense of realism to the, the community of Springfield because you see, like, all the men from all different parts of the community all unite for one sort of thing. You see them all in the one room. You don't really ever see, you know, the... Jack Marley from the retirement party from the from like uh was I think it was Burns or Marge gets a job from a few seasons ago in the same room with like Dr. Nick and Lionel Hutz. You very rarely mm. see all these men of Springfield together. It just made the episode feel like it really highlighted the community that is Springfield to me. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's telling about the community that is Springfield that this is what brought them all together. But yes. sure. <laughs> the thing you going back before though, you were saying how they had to try and hide the adult humour. Really, is there much to hide about this house? It's just the burlesque house. It's not. It's not a brothel. No, it's not. It's. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, like really, you're not seeing full nudes in a burlesque house. Yeah. Uh, certainly, in anything that I've ever seen, it's you know tassels at best. I mean, cashmere. Cashmere was nude, but she had feathers in front of her. Uh, yes, yeah, but like that's the thing. Like they're always covered by something. Mm. Uh, it's something that. Ed Cavalli once referred to as chair in the way porn, which is like <laughs> not XXX, but it'd be like R-rated porn, but you can't see any anything that tips it over the edge. There's always like a chair or a couch or a feather duster or something just blocking the camera view. It's funny you just brought up XXX because Guy, Mr. Guy Davis from the Movie Guys podcast, he came up to us today mm. at work and he asked us a question. He was saying, there's some movies that are rated X and you see porn, it's rated triple X. What's what's double X? Mm. Um, um, you, do you know the answer? No, we Before don't. We're I trying to, we're trying to establish okay. what, what what would a film have to entail to to be worse than X, but not quite triple X. I'd never seen an X-rated movie. I isn't thought just R eighteen. Like that's that's essentially X, isn't it? I don't know. Let's let's X X rating. Well, it, go, it, go, it goes from R to triple X. You know, like what's the in between there? Is there anything? Uh, I'm just on Quora having a quick look. What, what, what is, is that? the meaning of a movie that hasn't? Uh, I don't know. 
Okay. <laughs> but this is where I've been taken. Okay, no. So, there is no longer an X used by the MPAA. Pornographic okay. films are not rated by any kind of ratings board. All movies... So, it's basically they get marketed as XXX or XXX, but that's self-applied by the film producers. So, it's more of a, a branding thing than an actual rating. Correct, yes. So, you, you say triple X, it's like, ooh, I want to watch that. Well, yes, frequently. (laughs) For about five minutes and 45 seconds. If that long. (laughs) Uh, Not this episode, I was watching it, and it made me think, I bet you most, I say major towns, like consider the size of Geelong, right? A town the size of Geelong. I think most Mm. towns this size would have a brothel, and it's like every sort of male in the town knows the brothel's there, but no one really talks Mm. about it. But you know it's there. Yeah. I feel that's what this house is. <laughs> it's, well, it is and it isn't because there is actually a brothel, which gets into that later in the town. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Sorry, later in the episode. Is that about the Bordello? No. Keep your mouth shut. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it does seem to be that thing of clearly a lot of men are going there. No one is talking about it outside of there. Any faces that you see, it's just a sort of gentleman's agreement that you don't reference it. Ever again or anywhere else. Would you look at your friends differently if they went there? Did you say if they... Sorry. Did you just say, say if they just, went just, there? Just say, for example, Tom, your best mate, walked up to you tomorrow and said, Oh, went to, uh, you know, what's it called? Lorraine Star. Went to Lorraine Star last night. Mm. Would you look at him differently? For a job interview or... <laughs> uh, <laughs> what type of job? No. I don't know that I'd look at him differently. I'd be... Would you want to know no, what happens no. inside? <laughs> No, I've, I've taken a friend to a brothel before. I actually thought I might have spoken about this on the show. Oh, so yeah, you have, Tommy. I went in, in there once yeah. too and they keep, they'd wanted me to yeah. use the... Um, oh, I, I didn't use it, but they, they were telling us to use the, the, the showers and the communal <laughs> thongs and I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I I wouldn't... I, I certainly don't think I would judge or, you know, it's, it's just a thing. People do it. People get paid for it. It's all safe in there. It's just, you know, each to their own. It's not something that I'd be inclined to do, but you never know. Like, one day I might be 70 and lonely. <laughs> you just assume you're going to outlive Ash. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Marge in this episode, she really annoyed me. Or that, what, about, what about you? Sorry. Uh, well, before we talk about Marge, or that Ash will just decide that she's had enough of me. It's, it's probably more the, the latter <laughs> that is likely to happen. Uh, wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> uh, Marge. Marge yeah. is finger was a long way away from the pulse uh in this episode like mm. she she really did not sum up the situation uh or the town's reading the situation at all and i don't know if it necessarily rang true that she would do this like we've seen other episodes where marge has got a fire in her belly sexually like she is not super repressed whereas here she really comes across like someone from you know uh, uh, i don't mean to say this uh, dismissively or offensively but like a bible belt kind of ultra conservative viewpoint that i that didn't totally ring true it was more like well someone needs to complain about it for the story and marge complains about things so let's get marge yeah she she was just very judgmental and it just it was like she thinks she just knows what springfield wants when she doesn't it's just mm. like Fuck off, Marge. You don't know anything. It's like she hasn't led a moral crusade like this since the um, uh, Itchy and Scratchy and Marge. Do you know when she was trying to get rid of the show? Yeah, true. And at, at least with that, though, there was genuine consequence that she was railing against. Like, there were people 
that were popping up with injuries. So it was mm. easier to to go with her choice there, even if I didn't agree with it. Whereas with this one, like you've just really come across as very judgmental. Like it's you're not acting for the sisterhood. And I like the fact that Belle had more to do with Springfield than Marge did. She had more history. I also really like that Belle didn't arc up and didn't get super defensive or anything like that. Like she really kind of held her head high throughout the entire ordeal. Even when half her house was destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> still exactly. Still about it. Yeah. Just just put Marge to work and that was that was the end of it. I did find it a bit hard to believe though. The whole the last act as much as I love the song I don't feel like Marge would have been able to convince the town to want to get rid of the house when 50% of the room had been attending the house frequently. Why, why would what uh, Marge is saying make them all of a sudden want to destroy it? Uh, there's a couple couple options that I'll give you to choose from as okay. to an answer there. Because they're wiser in the room? <laughs> yes, that was going to be number one. So suddenly we've got a rail against the house and then that way I can never be yelled at again for the fact that I ever went there. And uh, (laughs) number two is that Springfieldians have been shown time and time again that they're very easily persuaded. Like, they go from being an angry mob to walking down the street singing, we've got high hopes, on in a heartbeat. I think we hear the the ultimate Springfield slogan from Skinner as they're walking to destroy the house. Ah, there's no justice like angry mob justice. (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, so we put the spring in Springfield, one of the most iconic songs in the history of the series. You're not huge on it, are you? You think it's a bit boppy, or am I thinking of the "Who Needs a Quickie Mart" song? Uh, look, both of them really. Like, I I like, I enjoy the moment of the song, but it's also not super memorable. It's got a few funny lines in there, and there's a, a few bits and pieces that are decent. But I don't know. If anything, this one feels a bit slow for me. This is this is my favorite Simpsons song. I, I I couldn't disagree more. But you're entitled to your opinion. I I love this song. It actually won the Emmy for most outstanding music and lyrics. The first time the Simpsons ever won it. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Why is it that you like it so much? It demonstrates for me that it takes all kinds to build a real community. It involves everyone in the community. Not everyone, but it involves so many different characters from the series in the song. And the purpose of the song is to say that don't judge a book by its cover just because. You don't like the idea of a burlesque house. Just look at how it actually unites the community. I like the overriding story behind the song. I also like the fact that it's just boppy. I, I enjoy the, the beat to it. Like, I can just hum it in my head for hours on end after I've been listening to it. After I watched it for the review, I was just singing the song in my head for hours. I just love the song. And I love how happy it makes the characters singing the song as well. For me, it's just a really, really fun tune. Do you not have a problem with the... I don't know. One of my first one of my first things was like you could close down Moe's or the Quickie Mart and nobody would care. That's I mean, that's true. a f- yeah, that's a bold faced lie from Homer straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Overall, for me, I, 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 it's not like I don't think it's a bad song by any stretch. Like I'm not. Um, I, I wouldn't pick holes in it, but it doesn't. I think at their best, Simpsons songs can really make me laugh while I'm singing along and this one doesn't really make me laugh. Really? A couple yeah, moments. No, not 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 a massive amount. Come on now, you were Maybe working it's... here. It really entertains your dad. We just heard this place existed. Without we'd had no fun since March nineteen sixty one. Yeah, no, those are all lines from the song. <laughs> they don't make you laugh? <laughs> not not massively. 
come on now you were working here made me laugh 10 years ago now it feels a bit mean um you reckon yeah slightly how's it mean i don't know that's just the the tone <laughs> in his voice okay uh it feels it feels a bit judgmental the way he says you were working here yeah but um, he's trying to say that hey don't judge me you were working here yeah yeah no that's true I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't grab me. Uh, okay, if, fair enough. If there's, like, it's yeah, and not in again. It's not like I think it's unfunny. I just didn't really massively laugh. Um, a skimpy dresses ain't so bad. They seem to entertain your dad. Again, I think <laughs> I probably laughed hard at that the first time I heard it, but it doesn't stack up time and time again for me. Like once I've heard it enough, it stops making me laugh out loud. Other really classic moments for me. Don't do that. I continue to to laugh through it, no matter how many times I've seen it. Tell me a Simpsons song that you continue to laugh at. Um, Amendment to B would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said your favourite song was um, "Home of the Great." We do. Yep. And I, what, what parts of that make you laugh? Besides, you know the the fact that they hold back a certain amount of things. That's that's not really funny. I guess I guess it is. Or it isn't. It's always really nice to um, sink the boot into Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, I know it <laughs> so is. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, that song is not my favourite because it's funny, though. To be perfectly honest, that one's my song's my favourite because it's like an old-fashioned sea shanty. Yeah, and for me, it is sung in a way that's more like I prefer the tune of of we do to this. Like I like that I can just pick up a mug and start swinging an arm back and forth. Going, we do. <laughs> like that, that to me gets me really going. But like, that's just a little different difference in taste and personality. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. If anything, like um, my musical taste is not overly poppy. Like I was listening to Lou Reed's Transformer this afternoon mm-hmm. and um, stopped and listened to the song Perfect Day, which is about him enjoying a day on heroin about four or five times in a row. And Great song. that was like... Uh, is that used in Trainspotting? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll go with you on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that that versus we put the spring in Springfield is just a long way away. You cannot deny though the sheer... How great it is. The sheer glee on Mo's face when he slams the two trash can lids together. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of, I've got here... This episode had a great use of sound effects. I never noticed it until I watched it for the review. For example, mm-hmm. uh, the plane bouncing off Smithers' head, uh, the the, <laughs> the 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 rock sludge when it, like when the sludge hits the rock after Marge uh, yep. and Lisa just cleaned it. Um, all the different yep. sound effects that it used during the song. I just think that the sound effects were really great in this episode. That it, it never really stood out to me until recently. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. The sound design is uh, very detailed in the episode and just accurate as well which helps like it's yeah. not too cartoony yeah hearing homer put his feet through a garbage bag or a, <laughs> a sorry, grocery bag <laughs> yeah the sound of said groceries then falling out of the bag <laughs> yes uh also it's this i never realized the entire first act really has nothing to do with the story i mean it's it's uh, it involves the no. margin margin lisa side story but you'd never know where it was heading this way and look, I mean, if you're watching, no, it you the, wouldn't. if you're watching it for the first time, the reveal of it being a burlesque house would have been a big shock. Yeah, definitely. Like it, the Margin Lisa thing had to be there because they had to set up why it's just Homer and Bart, and then how it comes to this scenario. But yeah, nothing's telegraphed in it at all. 
Tell me if I'm looking too much into this, but also, right, I'm probably looking too much into this, but you could also say the side story of Marge going to clean the rocks could also be sort of linked because the same way she'll never be able to clean all the rocks, she'll never be able to clean up Springfield. Yeah? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know that that's a metaphor they were going for, but I certainly think if you were studying The Simpsons for English literature in year 12, then you'd have to write about 450 words on that to pad out your essay. That's an A-plus right there. <laughs> yeah. I also like the fact that Lisa, too, when she realises she's not going to be able to play with cute animals, she's just like, fuck it. Like, she's, like she just she becomes an well, eight-year-old there. Actually, she doesn't care about the environment. Oh. She just cares about cleaning the animals. <laughs> is that is that something else that you could say about burlesque or uh, or even strippers that um, the celebrities have also bagged all the good ones? <laughs> yeah, apparently so, yes. <laughs> Celebrate. Oh, I, got, I nearly gave away one of my uh, trivia questions, so we'll get to that in a few moments. I've got a question for you. Um, yeah. So, Belle was played by Tress McNeil. She was, yeah. And there was there was some talk that they had approached a bunch of different actresses to see if someone would want to come in and do that as a guest and either mm. people didn't want to do it or it didn't work out. So, my question to you, Dando, is mm. who would you like to have seen in that role? Uh, current celebrity or past? Oh, c- current or past, doesn't really matter. You know, we can Ooh. chuck them in a time machine if we need to, but preferably mm. someone that could have done it. Uh, I'm going. Who, who are you going with? I'm going with Kate Winslet. I think she would have been really good in that role. And I reckon she could have vocally played an older lady. Yeah. What about Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give, I'll take Jamie Lee. Hmm. There you go. Two options. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Two options, was, both correct. Yes. What was your favorite moment from the episode? Uh, my favorite moment was Skinner doing both at, uh, at the burlesque house and then later at the um, at Marge's front door. So when he sees Bart, it gives it the this is the National Air and Space Museum, isn't it? <laughs> and then and then later when he's at the at the place and they're like, you know, Principal Skinner found him there. I was only there to get directions to get away from there. Yes. <laughs> why why was he so embarrassed to be there? I don't get why they're embarrassed to go to a burlesque show. Uh, I don't know necessarily that they're embarrassed. I think it's about, hang on, that's a 10-year-old boy who has seen me in this environment. Like, it's that crossover of you shouldn't be acknowledging sex and sexuality to a 10-year-old. But even when they go the, to the um, the town meeting and all the wives are furious that they went to a burlesque house, it's just a burlesque well, house. Yeah, you see more you boobs in a movie at the cinema. Yeah, but you... you there's things that happen around the boobs at the cinema, whereas at the burlesque house, you're pretty much going there to watch the boobs. <laughs> it's the only reason I go to the movies as well. For boobs. Yes. <laughs> there's, um, uh, no, that's going to sound like, I like it when boobs, boobs actually don't appear in movies as often as they used to. Like no, there don't. was, yeah. Uh, but no, one of, one of my kind of skills is, uh, knowing what movies and when the boobs appear. And I know that that was, done as a joke in the 40-year-old virgin and then they discovered that there's an actual website for that. Nah, but that long I think it was knocked, been... knocked up. Knocked up. Oh, knocked up, sorry. That's actually what I meant. Yeah. Uh, or what I was thinking of, just said the wrong wrong thing. But yeah, yeah that is something that just... I delighted in as a teenager. That was like your talent. Yeah, pretty much. And not only that, I could tell from the front cover whether or not boobs were likely to appear with a pretty good success rate. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a kid, I would sort of like 
because I'd go through the horror section, right? But they'd, they'd always put species in the horror section. So yes. I'd always try to get a quick glance on the back cover. <laughs> yeah, Natasha Henstridge, thank you very much yes. for <laughs> one of the all-time great film roles. Yeah. Uh, my favourite moment was uh, the grandpa. So, not Skinner, grandpa walking in, just a whoop, <laughs> and walking straight out. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite gifts of all time. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it really is very, very funny. I yeah. never get sick of looking at that. Because I've only seen that in gift form for so long, Hearing him go, whoop, was just, that really pushed me over the edge. It yes. was so subtle and so internalized. <laughs> just, just, yeah. <laughs> Even the eye sort of bulged just slightly for yeah. a second. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really good. And then just to, to peek back in again, are you Bart? Is your name Bart? Yeah. <laughs> just double checking because he's like, he really wants to get in there, you see. So he's like, I think that was Bart. Let's just double yeah. check because I really want to get in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's not. Yeah. Uh, trivia, what do you got for me this week? Uh, what was Homer reading on the couch? No idea. Just a newspaper. Nice and simple. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, my first question, I wrote it because I looked it up thinking I was clever. And then I guess when I watched this one, I watched it so many times as a kid, I must have missed the start of the second break. Because the question was, what does Lay Maison Derriere mean? And Belle actually explains that at the start of the second act when she's given Bart the tour. And I'd never mm. picked up on that until I watched it for this review. But the answer is just the house behind, or the back house, as she calls it. Uh, the back house or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, so, my, my next proper question is, President Eisenhower was celebrating which wedding anniversary? His 50th. 40th. Damn it. <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> Sorry, I was just... Practicing my Kiefer Sutherland impression. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, what type of juice did Bart and Homer drink at some point while they had the house to themselves? Juice? Yes. It's when they make... I'll give you a little bit of a clue. When they make the garbage angels, there's a very prominently positioned front left... Uh, front left, bottom left corner of frame, uh, an empty juice bottle. I don't know. Apple juice. Uh, cranberry. Cranberry juice, okay. I, I do love that those garbage angels, by the way. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I get to do that in Labrador hair once a week. <laughs> That's true, I know, what you, I know how you feel. Uh, how many pounds of sandpipers did Renier Wolfcastle dump in a bag? Uh, 30? 104. 104? That's a yes. lot of sandpipers. It is. Now, were they dead uh, or were they just covered in oil? Just covered in oil, okay. I assume. Uh, it's been a while since there's been a big oil spill. That was one thing that I was thinking during that moment. By the way, mm. um, hasn't been a hasn't been a real good one since Deepwater Horizon. Uh, good one. What was what was yeah? Was, what was Moe's weapon of choice uh, when they start? Was when it a crowbar? In the house, obviously, it was a crowbar. Yes. Alrighty, I got two more. So, which dancer does Skinner like? Oh, no, I missed that name. Sorry, Roxanne. And? And the next question. Oh, you got no more questions? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I'm done. Uh, who was watching Bart's stand-up? Which, who was in the audience? Can you give me a couple of the names? I've got them all. Uh, um, um, oh, God, I've, I've forgotten his name. One-armed dude. <laughs> what's, what's he called? Oh, Herman. Herman, thank you. Yes. Herman was there. <laughs> Herman. Uh, I, I want to say Hutz. Was Hutz there? Hutz was there, yep. Um, oh, it'd be hard. Disco Stew? Disco Stew, yep. That, that's all I've got, but okay, I'm pretty yeah. happy with pl- 
you, you, I, was, I wasn't expecting to get that many. So you got them three. Also, <laughs> there was the, uh, the the wise guy. There was the rich Texan, uh, Dr. Nick, uh. Jack Marley, the guy from the retirement uh, party who retired from the... I got essentially yep. kicked out of the uh, power plant and just stamped my ticket mm-hmm. guy. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. There's, there's there's a couple pretty obscure ones there. Yeah, as I was going to say, sort of creates that universe. There's all these different men from Springfield just in the one room that you never really see together like that. It's probably, like, as much as it does create the universe, it's probably also just the animators going, well, I'm not drawing a new face. <laughs> Let's yes. just grab someone that we haven't used for a while. I also think, too, it's that by season eight, I don't think Matt would have wanted rooms like that filled with people that we don't know anymore because there's so many characters now in the show Make the little bit of extra effort to make it a character yeah. that the viewers know? Yeah, possibly. It'd be an interesting question for someone um, next time we are lucky enough to interview someone. We'll have to run that by them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, new names for the episode. What did you have, Mitch? Uh, well, let's go to the listeners first. Okay. Our patrons uh, have written a few. A few people had a hard time trying to actually get a pun into this one. Um not Lydia Burnsmeyer Rollo, however, who came up with Who Needs the Titty Mart. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. And the fact that it came from a lady meant that I was able to laugh at it. Uh, Sean Lachlan <laughs> uh, had the Bart of Seduction, which is pretty good. Joseph mm. O'Hara with Puberty. Now, Bart's not really <laughs> going through puberty there. So, I'll... Um, so, also from Joseph O'Hara, a bit of a double entendre here with the House of the Rising Sun. Oh, I like it. I do like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. Krista Silver with Moulin Bart. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go... Nah, who needs the titty mart has to be my winner for that one. That is I, awesome. um, <laughs> I got a little bit Shakespearean for mine. Uh, once more under the britches, dear friends. I don't mind it. I do prefer Titty Mart, though. (laughs) (laughs) Titty Mart's certainly funnier. Mine's more highfalutin. (laughs) I just noticed here in the the Patreon group that David Hamish Abbott-Smith said that Matt Groening's going to be interviewed on ABC on Pickering Show. How the hell does he get Matt Groening? And we can't. Uh, He's on television and we're not. He's on ABC. (laughs) That's not television. (laughs) Of course it's television. (laughs) I love, you know, ABC makes some good things. Uh, at the very least, they have producers and an audience. So, yes, <laughs> you know, there's two things that puts him above us. <laughs> Alrighty. So, the original air date was November 24th, 1996. And the couch gag was a parody of what, Mitch? Uh, the Beatles album. Which album? Do you know? Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. You got that correct. Now, do you, uh, know, why Hom- know, do you know why Homer turns around? Um, No. Because that's uh that's what Paul McCartney did because there was a a rumor going around that Paul McCartney had actually died. So Paul McCartney faced the other direction <laughs> on the cover of the record. So people could say, See, see, it's not really Paul McCartney. But they were just fucking around with that's, people. That's pretty funny. What well yeah. up, Paul? Yes. <laughs> Alright, so it kicks off with the kids watching T V. Uh Homer's just on the couch reading the newspaper, apparently, on the couch. Mm-hmm. Just made me feel like this is what it was like a, a weekend morning. You know, kids just watching TV, dad on the couch, chilling, doing nothing, just having a rest. Um, yep. The TV cuts out. Now, this is a, a day to <laughs> gag, the old V-chip. We didn't have this in Australia, but a V-chip was uh, what you could install into the television so that when anything that was adult programming would come on, the TV would automatically cut out. Ugh, that's awful. 
Yeah, so that's why they yell out V-Chip, V-Chip, because Itchy and Scratchy was coming on. Yeah, okay. That's a... Um, I, I didn't actually realise what that was, and I had not made the effort to look it up. That's really... A, like, I always get concerned about anything like that, because they're going to pick up something that's not adult-oriented. I was on Twitter before, and there was a really funny um, thread of people... There's a lady, I think her name was Carolyn Weiner or something, and she was Wiener. trying to create a profile. Yeah, W-E-R-E-N-E-R. Like, um, there's Congressman Weiner in the States, <laughs> and she got blocked for inappropriate content in the name filter. Um, so, she's put a screenshot of that, and then on Twitter, it's just all of these people afterwards going, yeah, I get that problem all the time, and it's like Matthew Dick or, <laughs> uh, you know, somewhat, something else. There was one guy whose last name was... Spelled S P O R N, Spawn. And he's like, Yeah, I, I just have to change my name to Spron. Otherwise, I get in trouble for typing porn. Wow. Yeah. So filters always frighten me. It's just what happens when you let the computers take control. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So they're watching, um, what are they watching? Itchy and Scratchy, Good Cats, Bad Choices. It's pretty full on Itchy and Scratchy, this one, don't you reckon? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Like as, as um, no, I can't even bluff my way through to pretend that I even watched the itchy and scratchy bit, Dando. I'll be honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, hang on, no, this was like the um, like a Maury Povich or Ricky exactly, Lake like sort Maury of parody, Povich, wasn't yeah. It? yeah, no, yeah. I did watch it. I'm sorry, I just I couldn't find that section in my notes, and I'd completely gone blank on what happened. <laughs> so. But 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 poor Scratchy's like the abused wife in a in an abusive marriage, and Itchy just smashes a bottle yeah. and goes out to stab him. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone in the audience knows. Like, I like that the super actually gets put up to go, is about to get stabbed with yes. a bottle. Has no idea that he's about to be stabbed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then this special report kicks in. Uh, someone, someone found, found my, my keys! keys. <laughs> How great is that? So many one-liners in this episode that I completely forgot existed. I, I yeah. knew they existed, but did, didn't know they were in this episode. Yeah, that is a really great gag. Uh, also, like... Well, some of the other one-liners you get, like, they're all in this little first little bit. Like, Lisa, horrified at the oil spill and Homer's line, there's lots more oil where that came from. I also really like Brockman with that uh, line about initial reports indicate the captain was drunk at the time. Pause. That report was later confirmed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's just really well delivered. Yes, fantastic. To be honest, I forgot that this episode actually started with the, um, or even had the side story of Marge and Lisa. When you think of this episode, I always just assumed this episode started off with Bart driving the plane into the, into the house. I forgot that there was an um, entire first act before that. Yeah, that happens a lot with these sort of non-sequitur first acts, though. When they're not directly connected, it's really easy to forget that they're a part of the main story. Yeah, yeah, true. Alrighty, so there's an oil spill on Baby Seal Beach, of course. Mm-hmm. So the, celebra- the celebrities are then helping all the animals. And Lisa, she's trying to convince Marge. She wants to be a part of the team as well. And Marge is just mm-hmm. not having it. I thought the gag with the trim the cat's nails fell a little bit flat for me. Yeah, that little bit was... Is it they were that fraction too long for it, it felt to be... felt too forced, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, d- I did really enjoy that Marge just gives her a dose of reality, though. Like, if you want to clean animals, you can stay right here and give the dog a bath. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just a very... Straight down the line, no nonsense, typical parent response. But then Lisa has to pretend that she's in love with the peach tree. I love the exaggeration mm. of it. <laughs> that's what kids are yeah. like. They're just, when they really want something, they put it, they just lay it on thick. And that's exactly what Lisa does here. Yeah. 
Marge, so Marge agrees, and Marge is telling Homer what to do. This is one of my favourite Homer lines of all time. <laughs> I forgot that it existed, and I couldn't breathe or laugh that much. Now, the cat needs his medication every morning, and the furnace has been giving off Uh a lot of carbon monoxide, so keep the window open. Cat in the furnace. Got it. (laughs) 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 And then, Marge, I love that she doesn't try to correct him. It's just, I'll take Maggie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then followed it up with, use your best judge, just do what I would do. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Leave Button Homer alone together. They, it's ex- this is what what happens is exactly what happens when two men, like the father and son, are left to the house by themselves. Yep. When, when should we yeah, have definitely. dinner? 10 p.m.? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Just wake me up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and eating, I assume they're eating TV dinner or something like that. Like, it reminded me of, you know, eating tin spaghetti on toast or something like that when, when it was left for dad to do the cooking when yeah, I was younger. Yeah. Guy from work was telling me how he was um, in charge of doing a makeshift breakfast for the kids because his wife was sick. He just grabbed a mm. box of chicken nuggets out of the freezer and just chucked them on. <laughs> oh, you are a hero, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he said I just grabbed chicken nuggets, chucked them in the oven and they were done in 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Not even toast. Toast is no. done straight away. I know. He, he got chicken nuggets. <laughs> Uh, so what are they watching? They're watching like the World Series of Bumper Cars or something like that. Um, what's the most obscure sport you've ever sat down and watched on TV? Obscure sport? I spent 45 minutes recently watching Ultimate Frisbee. It was, um, I can't remember which colleges, but it was like college level Ultimate Frisbee in America. And I got to tell you, it was really compelling. <laughs> like Once I got into it, I became a pretty quick expert on Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> What about, is hot dog eating contests, is that a sport? No, that's a novelty game. (laughs) Um, hmm. Lacrosse? Yeah, okay. Pretty obscure in that, like, there's a bunch of sports like that in the States where you're doing that in college and that, look, that'll get you through college. You get a scholarship, you play lacrosse, you play frisbee. But then, once you graduate, you are never touching any of those things ever again. No. You could be the single greatest lacrosse player or frisbee thrower that the world has ever seen, and by the time you're 22, no one wants to hear about it. Nope, nope, nope. This sort of sequence then gets capped off with them going to bed, and again, I loved Homer with, Dad, do I have to brush my teeth? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly what happens. Oh, man. Even a little bit later on, Dad, can I go to the park? Do I have to get up? No. Knock yourself out. <laughs> So Lisa and Marge arrive and they learn that there's no animals left for them to clean. And Marge mm-hmm. is annoyed by this. There's rocks I could have been cleaning at home. <laughs> <laughs> Homer and Bart then making their garbage angels. It's a really great transition of them making the angels and then sleeping in the angels that they created. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a nice uh it's a fade cut from memory, isn't it? But yeah, it is uh it's very good. Dad, I think I need some fresh air. Can I go to the park? Do I have to sit up? No. So we're then at the park and Milhouse has his remote control aeroplane. For some reason, Mm -hmm. Milhouse, Nelson and Bart seem to be hanging out a lot more in recent seasons. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Like, why doesn't Nelson, he hangs out with the bullies when it suits the story and when he's not with the bullies, he's always with Bart and Milhouse. Like, make your mind up, mate. Yeah, well, I guess who else? They've got to get someone else into it. Hmm, is there no other? who's, Who's the... Is it Wendell? No, Wendell's, Wendell's the white him. kid with the curly hair. Yeah. When, Wendell's the um, character that Bill Oakley said in our live Q&A last week that he's the character they wish they could have... He wishes they could have expanded on more but never had the chance to. Yeah, okay. But 
that's kind of the point, and I guess why they've got Nelson. Like, they've never really drilled into much of the lives of the other kids. You can't have Martin and you can't have uh, Ralph. Obviously, they're, with, no, they're I, together on the boat, but even still, if they weren't in, on the boat, you couldn't have those either of those two with Milhouse and Bart, I don't think. No, no, I don't reckon you could. Maybe Ralph. Rel- you could have Ralph with Milhouse, if nothing else, but I do enjoy Martin and Ralph together. <laughs> it's great. So many fat children. <laughs> uh, I'd never really properly connected with Burns on an emotional level like the way I did here. That <laughs> I don't like being outdoors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ralph and Martin are on the boat. So, the, so Nelson's taking over the remote and he's sending the plane crazy. By this point here, it seems they've, as Robert Downey Jr. would say, they've gone full retard with Ralph. Yeah, a little bit. I was paddling backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, yeah. I, I think he, he had the whole, uh, I bet my Wookiee and things like that in Lisa's rival. But I don't think that's even as dumb as I'm pedaling backwards. Yeah. No, nah, he's definitely transitioned away from having any semblance of a functioning brain. I don't like being outdoors, Smithers. The one thing, there are too many fat children. Thanks a lot. Now it's stuck on that haunted house. I heard a witch lives there. I heard a Frankenstein lives there. You guys are way off. It's a secret lab where they take the brains out of zombies and put them in the heads of other zombies to create a race of super zombies. That's the house? Stand aside, wussies. Go away. No children. So it culminates with it crashing into the mansion uh, slash haunted house. Yes. Um, and, and every neighborhood in a town has a house like this. Or not, yeah. It doesn't have to be a big house, but it's a house that has a story to it. Yeah, or a church if you're yeah. from Boston. Um, I but yeah, like it's that sort of dark windows, uh, or sort of you know bad paint job or something like that. That'd just be something that's slightly off about the house. Often there'd be a dog in the backyard that would bark if you were anywhere yep. near the house. That'd add to it if you were a kid. There was always a house where, like you said, there's a dog in the backyard, and you would deliberately cross the street to try not to. Let the dog yeah. know that you're walking past the house because you're scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Bart pushes the uh, what's what's the word? Uh the intercom. Intercom. That's intercom. Yeah, that's it. And she tells him to go away. She she sounds like an evil old woman on here, doesn't she? Well, not. I don't know about evil, but certainly standoffish, like uh, reclusive. No maybe. children. Yeah, you're not expecting that necessarily to be a bordello slash burlesque house. No, you're expecting no. that to just be an old spinster, uh, Mrs. Glick style, who's just retired to live on her own and doesn't want any company. It reminded me of the house like from Casper. Yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. But then just says, screw it, no one can stop me, sneaks in. His little song about success is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Falls off and then I'm going to die. The only thing that annoys me about this is he's hanging on by one hand. Why did he just reach up with his other hand again? Uh, laughing too much. I Sometimes so. when you're laughing, it's really difficult. And I do love that he's laughing, saying, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a very good line rating from Nancy. Then the kids do to Bart hear what the pin pals did to Homer. They bail. She takes Bart home by the ear. And this is where we get the, the iconic Homer in the grocery bag. 
Hello? Your son was trespassing on my property and destroyed a very valuable stone gargoyle and... Are you wearing a grocery bag? I have misplaced my pants. I'm not going to press charges, but I assume you'll want to punish him. <laughs> yeah, appreciate the suggestion, lady, but he hates that. And I gotta live with him. You're the man, Homer. Well, if you won't discipline him, I'll come back and speak with his mother. No, wait, wait. Madam, I run a house of discipline. The boy will be disciplined and disciplined severely. Good day. He then, what does he then do? He drops him off at the house to do stuff for him. First of all, they have the conversation. And he asks Barton mm. to give him some credit. Because what, what would your mum do? What would Marge do? Make me taste beer. Then drops him off. I love that he... Is it the letterbox he drives into? He, he smashes something over and then just bails. Yeah, it is the letterbox as he's giving him the speech about responsibility and working yes. off the damage. <laughs> and you're watching this and I'm thinking if this was for the first time, I would be thinking that this would be like a, um, a Mrs. Glick situation. That's the vibe yeah. I had here. But we find out it's actually a burlesque house. Opens the curtains. Lady, I have been grossly misinformed about witches. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. We come back. And Belle is giving Bart the tour. Monte Carlo can't find her dice. Now, that yep. scene there where she walks in saying that, it's kind of drawn from Bart's perspective it, to really accentuate her bosoms. They really like pop out mm. because you're looking at from sort of down up. The look on Bart's face is just hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The only thing here is Bart really wants to sort through the bras, but that seems odd to me. Bart's not really into girls yet. Well, his eyes have literally been opened and within the last couple of minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I guess he has um, had feelings for Laura Powers as well. Uh, yeah, true. He's told to clean the toilet. He doesn't care. He's just happy to be on board. It's almost like when he um, mm-hmm. when he was working for Krusty. He was just happy to be a part of the team, basically. Yeah, he was, yeah. She explains working the door. The old greet and toss. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Grandpa, the moment that we were talking about before. It's just so fantastic that we can't actually play in this because it's... So visual, but uh, I do. I, I guess I, you kind of can play it. You get the whoop, and I think the listeners at home would appreciate hearing the whoop, don't you reckon? Uh, okay, well, give it a crack. Is your name Bart? Mm-hmm. What the which Does your father know you're working here? It was his idea. In that case, I'll have a whiskey sour. I reckon they appreciated that. <laughs> okay. What I liked is that at first, when he came back with, are you Bart? I I thought, nah, nah, I don't think that's funny. I don't think the joke needed that bit. But then when he then goes, well, fine. In that case, I'll have a whiskey sour. Like, it's like, does your dad know about this? Yes. Well, then I'll have a whiskey sour. I Then I was like, oh, yeah, they've brought that back around really well. That grandpa just strolls on through. Yes. Like <laughs> once he's, he's made his decision, he's like, nah, screw this. Pour me a drink. <laughs> Lisa and Marge then end up bailing on cleaning the rocks. I mean, for good reason, yep. because why would you bother doing it? What a waste of yeah, time. They've, they've done enough. Yeah. Uh, back at the burlesque house, which is really where we want to be at this point of the story, um, the MC, Mel Zetz, is oh, unavailable. Actually, just, be- just before that, we have Homer watching the TV. Do you know where your children are? <laughs> That's right. For the last time, no. I told you last night, no. <laughs> Where's Bart? His dinner's getting all cold and eaten. <laughs> so he goes to get him. There's so many lines, even this line here. Bart, I have to be up at 6 a.m. to swipe Flanders' newspaper. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I've 
when Bart is actually acting as MC, reading these jokes that he has no idea about, I really love Bart's line to himself of, if there's a bad bookkeeping joke, I haven't heard it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even get the jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I didn't know who Mel Zetz was. I looked him up, right? I still don't Mm. know confirmed, but I found someone named Mel Zetz on LinkedIn who was a Fox animator. That's the only assumption I can come to. Okay. Yeah, right. Gotcha. But going back just a couple of scenes <clears throat> where Homer gets distracted, I like that he gets distracted by Kashmir, which is kind of like a throwback to Homer's night out. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I hadn't actually made that connection. I don't think I was looking that closely at the face. Um, that sounded worse than it was. I, I don't <laughs> think I was looking that closely at who was in the background, just that there yep. was something in the background. I was focusing more on Homer's acting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but I do like that. I don't care if he's filling in for Mel Zetz. <laughs> like, yes. You know, this guy that no one's ever heard of, and that's the name that Homer grabs. We'll comp him tonight, start a tab tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> now, just before the Mel Zetz bit is where we get your favorite moment with Skinner. Oh, I hope I didn't miss the floor show. Nope. Is Roxanne back? Yep. Did she uh, get my flowers? She did. I... Hello, Bart. Hello, Principal Skinner. This is the National Air and Space Museum, isn't it? It's so many times that I watch these episodes and I just think, Harry Shearer, you're a comic genius. Just the delivery is phenomenally good. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And also the animation of him looking around the room as if to say, this is the National Air and Space Museum, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just quick on on his feet. So great. Yeah. it's My favourite Skinner is when Skinner is trying to backpedal or lie his way out of a situation and he does it so well. Uh, so then we get the Mel Zetz bit, which we've already discussed. Uh, what I, actually, what I love about the Mel Zetz bit is just how much the audience loves these jokes, even though he doesn't get them. The birthday suit joke's actually pretty funny. It doesn't work coming from a 10-year-old. You've got to be no. an old guy for that. Yeah, but yeah. Yes. But yeah, yeah. So then we get the, uh, I've got them here on my notes, the usual goody two-shoes. So the Flanders, Flanders and the, the Lovejoys, they confront Homer about it because Skinner's dobbed him Bart, essentially. And look, rightly so, by the way. Like, I'll point out that... It's in this instance, I actually kind of agreed with the church people and their outrage. Not at the not at the fact that the thing exists, but that a ten year old really should not be working there. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, I will give them that. Homer's little rant though that leads to Marge. The reveal of Marge is amazing. Well, if Homer Simpson wants his ten year old son working in a burlesque house, then Homer Simpson's ten year old son is going to work in a burlesque house. That uh, hi. Now, Marge, you're going to hear a lot of crazy talk about Bart working in a burlesque house. So we come back from commercial, and Marge is absolutely outraged that the burlesque house just exists. But she doesn't actually even know what goes on in there. She's just... she Her, her imagination's running wild, and she has to put a stop to it. Yeah, and I, I can maybe see it as being just ultra defense mode of like my son is involved in this thing yeah, yeah. had Bart not been working there and she just found out that it existed she probably wouldn't have cared but suddenly she's taken the she her view is twisted by the fact that whoever these people are they felt it was okay to have a 10 year old around them and then therefore they're not responsible in her eyes she kind of lets Homer off the hook a little bit too easy in my book Homer tries to shift the blame kind of like what Mo did last week there I said it <laughs> but or the week before <laughs> But he just tries to blame Marge, basically. Then he gets the, the look. I think I think you and I have both, we would have got that look from our wives at, at least once in our lives, right? I mean, I have. Oh, once a, a day. Once a day. <laughs> um, You're getting the look right now. 
Yeah, through three walls, but I can feel it in the back of my neck. <laughs> I had to turn down the bachelor before I started recording so it wouldn't bleed through. And I got the look as soon as I touched the remote. I was like, it's okay. <laughs> you can still watch your Andy Osher, whatever his name is these days. Osher G. I like, I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but- Wait, Ash watches The Bachelor? Yes. You failed as a husband. No, I haven't because it allows me time to go play PlayStation and just do other things on my own, which every now and then you need. That and is true. Ash, yeah. Ash, Ash watches good things as well. Like, it, you know, I, I can afford her some trash. I mean, I think we all have a guilty pleasure show. We're, we're allowed at least one, right? What's your guilty yeah. pleasure show? Mine's Judge Judy. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm pretty partial to Hot Bench. See, I'm not a Hot Bench person. I just doesn't have the pizzazz that ju- it doesn't have Bird. You know, it just I don't know, it just doesn't <laughs> quite have it for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Although the, 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 the three for me just don't have a chemistry. Yeah, no, I but I don't care about the chemistry. I just like that they all yell. Um, <laughs> that's that's all I need. Uh, used to be Ready Steady Cook, but not anymore. Oh back my when Gab- god, back that was when a good Gabriel show. Gasset was on there. Yeah, that was a great show. That was if you're watching that, you knew a you're having a day off school. Yep, and B it taught you a few things how to cook. I think that's that's where my love of cooking started. I think there's something about watching yep. somebody cook food. I don't know what it is. I I would say Safe was is nearly a guilty pleasure show for me. The Safe. Michael C. Hall starring Netflix. It was only one season, and it's a bit pulpy and a bit trashy, but it's acted well enough. Well, it's actually a lot of the acting is really terrible, but Michael C. Hall is phenomenal. Uh, he does a really really great job, and I was just willing to sort of go along with things enough, and it was a that, that was, for me, one where I'm like, I know this isn't great writing. I know it's not great acting, but I'm going to let myself get hooked in anyway. I'm going to have to check this out. Is it still on Netflix? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was only a few months old. Cool. I'll have to check this out. Now, getting back to Judge Judy, speaking of, guess what premieres tonight? I have no idea. What could possibly premiere that's connected to Judge Judy? Trial by Kyle. Ah, uh, no. Don't talk about him fucking... <laughs> <laughs> not... Not in a million years am I having a conversation about Kyle Sanderlands. They played a clip of it on Have You Been Paying Attention? It is... The, 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 the 20 seconds they played is the most cringeworthy thing you'll ever see. If It's worth watching Have You Been Paying Attention just for that clip. It is so bad. It's worth watching Have You Been Paying Attention because it's a good show. It's, it's an amazing show. It's the best show on television. But the, uh, the, the chick who plays essentially the bird role on... On trial by Kyle is the mm. wife of the Bachelor, um, one of one of the okay. one of the women that won one of the Bachelors a couple of years ago or something. One of the wives of one of the Bachelors is a bailiff. Yes, gotcha. See, the problem with this is Arrested Development did the best one of these that never existed when they did mock trial with Jay Reinhold, where they had Judge Reinhold as the judge. Really? Like, uh, yeah, that was that was. Phenomenal! Uh, I can't believe you've not seen that episode of Arrested Development. It was a few, I think it was a couple episodes of it, but yeah, and that was all it was. Like the whole premise was, well, his name is Judge Reinhold, so he'll be the judge. <laughs> that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they had William Hung from American Idol. Really? She bangs. She bangs. Yeah, that dude. Uh, he was the. It was the William Hung jury. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but like we don't, we don't care about your acting talents we just need your name for the joke yeah pretty much and <laughs> we need you to sing we need you to sing a bad intro song yes <laughs> it's funny because the chick who was the um the bailiff I, I don't even know her name 
She goes, mm. yeah, trial by Kyle. It's, you know, it's pretty much Judge Judy. The only difference is that, you know, uh, uh, Kyle's not a judge. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's a... That's a big, big one. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty big difference. Yeah. Judy, Judy, to my knowledge, actual judge. In New York. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, slumming it on in TV land, it's it's hardly real judges judging stuff that she's doing. But yeah, uh, that's a pretty solid difference. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, a few good men. Um, it's, it's pretty much like any other courtroom. Uh, the only difference is Tom Cruise is not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like when 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 she said that Sam Pang, his facial expression is the best. Like it's worth watching just for that. It's so great. I'll I'll catch it on template. All right, it's getting back to the episode anyway. Marge goes to visit Belle. Uh, like I said earlier, she thinks she, she speaks for Springfield, but she just doesn't because the majority mm. of Springfield go to what's it called Maison mm. Derriere. No, what's the it Mais- called? Uh, yeah, Maison Derriere. Yeah, yeah. I have a favor to ask. Please shut this place down and move away from Springfield. Oh, honey, you can't be serious. Springfield doesn't want places like this. I think I know what Springfield wants, sugar. Oh? I've lived in this town for 37 years. I've lived here 52 years. I'm third generation. Sixth. Get out of my town! Listen, darling, we're just as much a part of Springfield as the church, the library, or the crazy house. So I think I'll stay right here, neighbor. I like the way that boiled down at the end for Marge, where she had no more logical arguments anymore. Mm. So then it was just get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess she had nothing because Bell Bell has more to do with Springfield than Marge does. Well, that's always been Marge's mm. backup. Of I've been here for thirty-seven years. I'm third generation. Fucking blah blah blah. Yeah. Bell's like, okay, that's cute. <laughs> Flop sixth. From there, we go to the a, a town hall. Quimby talking about how after. Um, Spending three months studying it, they can't get a train to Aruba. That's just a nice joke of Quimby misappropriating funds for a holiday yeah. again. Exactly. Uh, then I loved all the lines around the town hall, though, once Marge starts talking about the house. Like, there's a house of, um, you know, in disrepute or something like that. What's wrong with it? Is it the plumbing? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Leave the house alone. <laughs> hey, quit bad mouth on the house. <laughs> I just love that the, the people of Springfield are defending a house. <laughs> yeah. A house they don't even know about. And um, even the committee, the Citizens Committee on Moral Hygiene. <laughs> as you said, we have run a long time, so maybe we won't break this up, this scene down bit by bit. But the slideshow, when they pop the slideshow on, um, this is a fair... Like, I, I'm surely there's some sort of thing about privacy here that you just can't have... Can't be broadcasting photos of someone walking out of a place like this in public. It's Rowdy Roddy Peeper. <laughs> It is a little bit, yeah. Um, but I do like the responses as they go through. Like, Patty! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Barney! <laughs> um, but the best of all of them, Smithers? <laughs> <laughs> or oh, what about Skinner, Seymour, Mother? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then we, uh, they had the vote. Um, it's kind of like they, they just bullied the townspeople into voting against the house. But as you explained earlier too, they mm. want to sort of make good with their wives because they've essentially mm. been going to this place behind their back. And grandpas, they're talking about the bordello. Then the mob are making their way to the house. Uh, my favourite bit of this is, Mo, like I said, I'm going to take me home as a toilet. I did enjoy We Just Heard This Place Existed when that comes in the song. I'll put that out there, by the way. That, that line tickles me. 
I, I just love the fact that how polite Flanders is when he's asking for them to step out so they can knock down the house. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, it's an angry mob, ma'am. Could you step outside for a twinkle while we knock down your house? Just a minute. So that they just start smashing down the house. It's pretty full on. Like they're just, they're just destroying someone's property. What yeah. they, they've done nothing wrong. They are legal yeah. residents who pay their rent, probably own the house, have done nothing wrong. Just last week, you probably were using their services, and now you're ruining their shit. Yep, that mob mentality of Springfield. Yep. So Bart pleads with Homer for a, for his help, and we get the Spring in Springfield song. Then Marge arrives late with the bulldozer. I, I, I do like before Homer starts singing that he you see Mulman with the arrow and then after the song, yeah. the arrow hits yeah. a tree. It goes flying through. <laughs> yeah. See Mulman just sweating, holding on to us. <laughs> Please hurry. She accidentally <laughs> ruins the house with the bulldozer. And still, like we said, Belle, she keeps her cool. She's just lost half of her house. But you know, yep. uh, then how does she make Marge pay her back? Uh, the same way she made Bart do it by telling bad jokes on stage. Yes. Now this is my second favorite moment. Homer's take it off. <laughs> All right, Dad, you've been warned and gets thrown out. Yeah. Drags him out. For me, this episode had so many more laughs in it than I remembered. It's just it's it is an all time classic. It truly is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I, it's hard to say all time classic because I don't know that I'd put it in a top ten. But it's a really really great episode. It's very funny. Um, when you think, I, I when like you think there's been well in in the golden era, there were what? How many episodes? Nine seasons at twenty. There was say two hundred, two hundred and fifty episodes. Mm-hmm. I think being in the top twenty would consider it an all time classic. Would you put this in the top twenty? I don't, don't know what I, my top. I suppose it's still top ten percent. Um, I don't know off the top of my like. It's probably the, even the fact that I'm hesitant on it would say no. It's probably not an all-time classic in my book, but okay, fair enough. It's still like, but that you know, it's it's a really really good episode. It's just for, for me. It's just fun. I just I really really enjoy watching this. No matter how many times I watch it. So yeah, I, I was yeah. This will always be one of my favorites. And I also love yeah. the fact too that it stands out as well because the outro music they use a play on the Spring and Springfield song as well. Just makes it that mm. much that little bit more unique. What do we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, so many things about women, Dando, and um, <laughs> and and my own sexuality. I learned that you just do not question the power of a catchy musical number. Yeah, true. But you have to be there to enjoy it. That is true. Yes. It's kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing. We're done with the review. Thank God. That took such a long time. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to do... But it was fun. Like, it's, no, it was fun. But we've been going for like an hour. And like, I've got to pee. So, <laughs> it's going to be... A, you're in, the, you're no. in the toilet? Just go for it. Uh, I'm... Someone glad wrapped it, and I'm uh, <laughs> a little a little concerned. Got to go to the second one in the house. Um, shall we open the mail back? Let's do it. Jamil, Jamil is here. Ooh. This comes in from Nathan, uh, who's emailing us from Oregon. Um, 
<laughs> what I like here is he's gone, greetings from Oregon, Mitch and Dando. But the way he's written it is, greetings from Oregon, comma, Mitch and Dando. So, it's like where the um, municipality or something. It's like, yeah. come visit Oregon, Mitch and Dando. <laughs> like, like the Mighty Ducks in the change rooms. Oregon, Mitch and Dando? Yeah. <laughs> where are you from? Anyway, yeah. I'm... Uh, it's- I, I don't know why that amuses me as much as it does, but I'd like to think that someone has come from me. Uh, someone has come from <laughs> someone you. Someone has. Well, someone definitely Quite come literally. from me. Anyway, so he was listening to the review of the Homer of the Fall and the uh, the mm-hmm. letter that we read out renaming the entire James Bond series with Simpsons names. Yeah, uh, that was a so great he, one. He's decided to have a crack at doing that as well, but he's like, well, the only thing that really compares with the breadth of the Bond universe is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, with that in mind, here is his take on all of the Marvel cinematic movies. Mm. We commence these, put this through in chronological order. So, we've got number one, Iron Hams. Uh, number two, The Incredible Donut. At number three, Iron Hams 2. Thorho at four. Captain America, The Blurst Avenger. The Abe Avengers, <laughs> Iron Hams 3. Captain America, The Hibbert Soldier. Thor, The Dank World. I would have loved to have watched Thor The Dank World. <laughs> Avengers, anyone see that movie? Tron, Stonecutters of the Galaxy. Yeah, that is pretty good. Insect Overlord Man, Captain America, Skinner War, Monorail of the Galaxy Volume 2, Skinner Dr. War. Kang. That, that sounds horrendous. You mean as in like the reality of a Skinner War? Yeah. Just, just a whole bunch of 13-year-old boys launching at each other <laughs> with sticks. <laughs> like, uh, what's it, Lord of the Flies, the kids? Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Um, what do we got? Dr. Kang, uh, Spider-Pig, Home Cooking. Oh, yeah, yeah, Homecoming. Um, th- oh, this is good. Thor Ragnarok would be Thor ragging on your cord. <laughs> financial Black Panther. Uh, That's a good Avengers. One. Do you know Avengers. that? Have you, have you seen that, the Financial Panther? That gag? Because you stopped uh, at season 10. Yeah, I have seen that okay. gag. Okay, yes, yeah. Um, Avengers Immigrant War. Immigrant And Ant-Man and the Ralph And the Ralph Mm. That's weak man Oh well don't be harsh on the guy (laughs) I'm joking I'm joking It's better than what I could come up with Give me like 18 good ones there I can't Off the top of my head I couldn't think of anything That would work for Wasp I do like the Avengers Um, Have you seen that movie Tron (laughs) Yeah Uh, Anyway Thank you very much for sending that through Nathan It was uh, was tremendous by the way, if you've got a question for us or anything like that, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au mm-hmm. is the best and easiest way to reach us. Make sure you put question in the subject line. Or not, because this subject line is greetings from Ireland, and I'll read that as well. Yes. Um, make, sh- make sure, basically, you just don't put in, um, you know, uh, is your website getting enough clicks? <laughs> because <laughs> that will send you straight to the bin. Would you like to be the top of Google? <laughs> in, in we are the top large. of Google. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as you Google very specific words. Yeah. Hey there, mentioned Dando. <laughs> um, Keelan from the Emerald Isle, uh, massive fan of the podcast, just started listening this year. He's been working his way through seasons four and five, which is his personal, uh, and his personal favourite, six, <laughs> trying to get up to date, but he wanted to give a little shout out to say that ours is his favourite podcast. Thank you oh, very thank much. Thank you, man. Keelan. Um, he has a question, uh, or he has a couple questions actually, but one of them we'll cover later. It's about Disenchantment, which we'll be doing a review of uh, yeah. Patreon shortly. Um, so, I'll ignore that one. 
the first question, uh, he's always amused by the various representations of Ireland and Irish people on The Simpsons. What he would like to know is what is one of our favourite sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek stereotypes on the show? His is Luigi and his over-the-top Italian mannerisms. Tongue-in-cheek. Well, you're not allowed to say a poo anymore, are you? <laughs> uh, no, you're probably not, no. <laughs> the Mafia? Just the Mafia in general? Yeah, they, they, they really ham it up. Yeah, they do. Um, who would I throw in outside of that? I almost, like, it's not a stereotype, but I almost want to say Cypress Hill because they almost act as a stereotype for all hip-hop artists the way they they are in uh, Homopalooza. For some reason in my head, when you said that, I was thinking Cypress Creek. I was like, wait a minute, how does Cypress Creek work for us? Oh, wait a minute, Hill, Hill, yeah. Hill. Yeah, yes. <laughs> They, yeah, I think Cypress Hill's appearance was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. Keelan also said that he liked Fat Tony and Professor Frink as like the sort of crazed nerd scientist. Yeah. Outside of that, Keelan was saying that as an Irishman, uh, this is just a curiosity question. He has a lot of friends who have moved to our sunny part of the world. He's always interested to see if we notice many Irish in Geelong. Do you know any Irishman? Like, I... I've known one, but you wouldn't have known that he was Irish unless you went to his house because he spoke normally until he got in through the front door and then all of a sudden he's out there like that said, hi, mum, dad, how, how was your day? We've got two Irish um, women at work. Uh, a couple of Nicola's friends, because Nicola's family that live here, auntie and uncle are English, obviously. And they've got a couple of Irish friends as well, but they're the only Irish people I know. Uh, Zach Tui from Geelong is obviously one. Oh, of course, and, yeah. And the... People in Ireland might have been shaking their head at the really bad Irish uh, impression that I just did then, but that is exactly how Zach Tui talks. Whenever he does a post-game press conference or like post-game on-field interview, it is just fantastic fun. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, well, Zach, could you give us a bit of an insight as to how you guys came back from five goals down this quarter? Oh, well, we just got the ball, we kicked the ball over there, and then he kicked it over to me, and then I got to get, we got to get a little bit harder and got through the goals. Zach Tui's not as bad There's a guy called I think it's Mark O'Connor Or is it it, Someone that Plays for Essendon Uh, Mark O'Connor plays for Geelong Someone that plays for Mark O'Connor plays for Geelong Yeah yeah, There's there's an Essendon player Who's Irish And he speaks With the accent But also very very fast So They do an interview And you just have no idea What is coming out of his mouth Yeah It's pretty much Brad Pitt In Snatch Yes It's exactly what it is Yeah Connor Connor somebody is his name Yeah okay yeah, I will try to find some footage of that. Um, I'm So, last letter for the mailbag for this Alrighty. episode. Uh, because I'm actually going to... I don't know, I'll throw it out there, but I have not necessarily agreed with this. This is um, Chris riding through from Santa Cruz in California. Um, mm. He was riding in because he felt like we didn't dig quite deep enough into the scene where Homer is buying illegal fireworks from way back in the summer of four foot two. During the exchange, he requests a bunch of adult things from the clerk, condoms, uh, porno, which we address in, addressed in the review. What he was, what he felt though, was that it wasn't pointed out that the screenwriters got, or that the writers got away with slipping in what he feels is an anal sex joke. Where this is where he refers to buying the disposable enema. Uh, which he thinks in the context of other items, panty shields, condoms, etc., it is a definite reference to anal sex. Now, I am happy to stand corrected, but I really don't think it is personally. I think it was more just an enema, like all of those other items, is traditionally not something that you buy. Like you, 
or you wouldn't proudly buy that. Like the the whole joke here is that normally when you go and buy an enema, you might go, I'll get a hot water bottle and I'll get some, I don't know, some breath mints and I'll get like a thermometer and some cough medicine and just like a five or six normal things. Oh, and I'll just get the enema in there as well. Um, but whereas isn't, isn't homestead enema isn't that just like liquid just to clean out your bowels, like clean your ass basically? Yeah, like liquid plus the tube and stuff like that. I, I, so it well, does. I, I guess it could. Yeah, I can see where he's coming from because if Homer's buying all sex-related shit, and then he's like, "Hey, I want to clean up my ass as well." Yeah, well, well panty shields aren't sex-related though. Like um, that's just can fun to pull down with your teeth. Panty shields. Oh, shields. So sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My God, <laughs> that's um... oh, that's confronting. <laughs> and now you know why we have Elliot. Fun to pull down with your teeth. I'm not sure if you until I don't know how you made Elliot. If that's how you think sex works. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but anyway, so Dando here is half asleep. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so Chris, no, I we didn't intentionally gloss over it for the obvious reasons, but I just personally don't, I don't think they meant it that way. I can't imagine that one and only time the writers decided to make a joke about anal sex. You know what we do? When we talk to Bill Oakley next week or the week after, we will personally mm-hmm. ask him that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, <laughs> that's a, we, no, we won't. what episode? <laughs> no, what? Ep- yeah, I kind of glossed over that. What episode are we doing next week? By the way, because I've got an email about homophobia, and I'm wondering if that's soon enough to read I'm it out. Pretty sure the next episode is a Millhouse Divided. Give me just a moment. I'll tell you. The next episode is a Millhouse Divided, where the parents okay. split up. Yep, dignity. All right. Uh, oh, homophobia is coming a little bit down the track. All right. Yeah, well, I'm going to keep this flag. So, Matt mm-hmm. Groark has written in with a really, really nice email, but I'm going to save it. So, Matt, thank you for writing, but I just just know that it's coming down the track. Um, yep. Maybe one more quick email, just because it, it, it serves as being a plug and some shameless cross-promotion at the same time. Um, Kelly Trokanowski writes in. She's from Jersey. She's a Joycey girl. Um, a what girl? N- and Joy, uh, Jersey girl, Joycey. Uh, what, what did you say though? A Joycey. Joy, Joycey. Okay. Yeah, Jersey accent. It's like, <laughs> you know, I just want to say that I love the podcast. Um, I, I don't know if that's full. Like, all just I know how to do, all I know how to do in a Jersey accent is say Joycey. <laughs> Joycey. <laughs> I've been working my way through some of the archives, of the episodes for the past few months now. Um, anyone from New Jersey probably slapping their head, but I'm actually kind of digging that so accent. Francis I, from fucking Fargo, then. <laughs> what you you think I'm up up like? She's up there in Minnesota, like gee gee. I'm not too sure that I agree with your uh, with your listening skills there, Dando. Anyway, growing to love the show, and during that time. I naturally became a Patreon supporter and purchased Homer's Odyssey a couple of weeks ago. Thank you. Thank you. Um, she purchased... A, a, much, much appreciated. Um, I posted a photo before to Patreon um, where I had found an Australian... Well, what I'd said was I'd found a half penny. The reality is that's how much I earned from the sale of that book. <laughs> <laughs> Penguins send a half penny every time one gets sold. Anyway, um, 
ordered it from Amazon not knowing exactly when it would arrive. Uh, unfortunately, Kelly had some bad news. She got out of work um, a few days after ordering the book to find out that uh, her nan, her grandmother, was in some really um, poor health. Um, she's in her late 80s, so Kelly was filled with a lot of anxiety about what was potentially going to happen. Um, driving all the way home, worried about whether or not she was actually going to pull through. She knew that she wasn't going to hear any of the news the next day, uh, or until the next day when her mum flew down to see her. So the sort of, again, anxiety and anticipation of that moment was really getting into her. Sure enough, though, she arrived home and the book was waiting for her on her front porch from those kind souls at Amazon. Mm. She opened it and immediately read all of it that night. Uh, she says, thank you that we were able to provide laughs and heartfelt moments from our own lives and experiences while from watching the show when she truly needed it. So she just wanted to say thank you because it meant a lot more to uh, her then and still does now. Um, as a side note and a very, very happy turn, at, at this point in time, her grandma is doing a hell of a lot better. That's actually what I was going to ask you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the most important part of that story is that she's doing well. Yes, Certainly. Oh, well, I'm glad yeah. she enjoyed the book and thank you for purchasing it and thank you for letting us know what you thought of it. Yeah. Thank you for all of those things. If you haven't bought it yourself yet, and I'm sure there'd still be a, a bunch of people out there for various reasons that haven't read the book, but um, just would really love it if you did because I get paid, but also because I genuinely am super proud of it and I think you will really, really enjoy it. If you like the show, you are 100% going to like the book. I actually did a little bit of a bonus Patreon thing where I read a page and a half from one of the chapters, the Dando's Backstage Tour, and I just said in that podcast as well about sometimes I forget that we actually released the book. And the the mm. reason I did that little podcast was I was sitting there just trying to uh, settle Elliot. It was like two in the morning. I just looked over on the bookshelf and I saw the book there and I thought, man, we really accomplished something. You know, like we've, we've got a book out, but it's, I, just, I just forget that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Um, and that bugs me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Like it's a big deal, but anyway. Yeah. But um, I, I, I just you can't just say a, a book's just a book, and it, we put in a lot of effort. But I, I sometimes I just forget how cool it is that we've got a book out. <laughs> um, the other, just on the subject of achievements, we are probably six or seven weeks away from hitting two million all-time downloads, and that mm. not that I'm big on numbers, but that's a buttload of downloads. So thank you to each. Each, each and every one of you who have ever downloaded and listened to the show. Isn't that insane? Two million downloads. <laughs> yes. We, like, yeah, third, like it's... Uh, uh, first episode, 13. 13 downloads. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, without those 13, we'd have had 1,999,987 downloads. So it's, and um, that's just not enough, if you ask me. No. No, exactly right. But anyway, thanks for listening to our review of But After Dark. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, as we said, we're going to be reviewing A Millhouse Divided. Now, I believe you said recently that you haven't seen this one for a long time. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Um, not from start to finish, but I... Whatever. Well, like, there's... Hey? No, I, or, I've certainly, or, certainly at some point I would have. I just don't okay. remember the last time I watched it. But Okay, fair enough. I yeah. think it will also be one, though, that's going to be familiar to me as I watch through. I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. That came from this and this came from this. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, please make sure if you haven't I've mentioned this last week if you haven't already please rate and review us on the iTunes store the more reviews we get the more we boost up the rankings on iTunes it's really important for us just give us if you have to give us a 5 star review just leave us a review we'd really appreciate it if you have any questions for us if you've got a story or anything like that it's mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au and Mitch what is the best way to support the show it's by getting exclusive content on Patreon isn't it and how can they do that 
they can do that by heading to patreon.com forward slash four discount and uh, just choosing an amount per month that you might be happy with parting with, yeah. basically. Um, different tiered structures, so some of the guys right up the pointy end will get a little bit extra, but for the most part, if you've just got a spare buck, you can put it towards the show and it just helps keep the lights on and keep the internet bills and all that sort of stuff paid. That is true. We really do appreciate all of your support on Patreon and just your support just for listening to the show each and every week. You're all champions. But Mitch, for now, what are your final words for the listeners? I have misplaced my last words. Shh.